Welcome to the Powerful Beyond Measure podcast, where we discuss personal development, business skills, and lifestyle. My name is Andre Toy, and I am the Big Positive Guy. My name is Abigail Kay, the Confidence Crusader, and our intention is to inject a dash of optimism that's both practical and educational, but always intended to be thought-provoking. We certainly don't have all the answers, but we want to invite you to join the conversation as we discover together how to live a confident, happy, and successful life. Welcome to season two, and we're moving from personal development to business skills. And our very first episode is? Our first episode is all about what it takes to be an entrepreneur. Abigail, I can't believe we've actually got to the space. I know, woohoo, to us. <laughs> Everything happens in reverse in a, in a podcast, so what happens, we've actually finished the personal development several months ago, and I've been releasing the episodes one a week. Uh, and it's now we're several weeks before the launch of the business skills section of the podcast. Um, but we're already hard at work and into the recording phase. And we're starting, as Abigail said, with the very first thing is to say, what does it take to be an entrepreneur? Uh, I'm very fearful about today's episode, Abigail, because the first thing I'm worried about is, can I say entrepreneur? <laughs> I know, it's, gonna, it's, it's a tongue twister <laughs> and you're going to have to... Uh, Get that practiced. <laughs> so, so, so I'm going to hand it over straight to you <laughs> and say, what does it take to be an e-preneur? <laughs> uh, an entrepreneur. As we were, were kind of planning for this episode, I think it's straight up front. We need to put it out there that all that we've got is our own frame of reference, our own mm. experience of being um, on this entrepreneurial journey. And everybody's experience is going to be different because everybody is unique and um, it's not necessarily a one-size-fits-all. If I think about what it takes or what is an entrepreneur, I I grappled with this subject or this question for quite a while when I first um, essentially became self-employed because I I was thinking, well, what's the difference between being self-employed, being a business owner, and an entrepreneur? And for many years, I wouldn't call myself an entrepreneur because Somehow I thought it was this magical, mystical title that only a select few people Mm. had earned. And so for me, many years, I gave myself the label of being self-employed because that is what I was. Mm. I didn't have a boss. Mm. I had to wear many, many hats in order to be able to earn a living. Um, So I was the manager. I was the lackey I was the you know every aspect of what goes into um, earning money from a craft and so I had to put in I had to do the time the 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 metaphorical clocking in nine to five and if I didn't do the work I didn't get paid so therefore I called myself self-employed because I was my own boss and I was also my own employee Um, so I made that, that very um, clear distinction. And in my mind, and I'd love to hear your input on this, is that when you're a business owner, you start to build your team and you start to bring in the expertise of other people who can do many of those jobs that as a self-employed person you, you have the obligation to do. So then you can start to delegate and you can outsource. And then you become a business owner because if you do take a day off, the business can still run in your absence. Sure, you have to keep your eye on it, but it's still ticking over and gives you a little bit more freedom. There's a lot more on your plate, I would imagine, because now you're managing people. So that, for me, is a definition the, the difference between being self-employed and being a business owner. And then how I interpret being an entrepreneur is about innovation. 
How do you constantly reinvent yourself, reinvent your business? How are you expanding your business so that it is, it encompasses more than just the one craft? What's your take on it? Well, that's the way you've, you've expressed that. Uh, uh, I've never actually thought about it like at the difference between self-employed and being an entrepreneur. Uh, and, I, and I can see where there's a difference. Uh, for me, the word entrepreneur is the key thing. And I think you just summed it up nicely in that last few sentences now. Being an entrepreneur is a state of mind. Mm. It's, it's the ability to see opportunity and to act on it and turn it into a, a form of, of money-making or some sort of methodology where you're actually making something happen. Mm. So the whole question of being an entrepreneur is a state of mind to me as possibly uh, being a title. Mm. So I can see a good entrepreneur being a business owner. And if I see a massive opportunity mm. in selling hats, I could rush out there, start a company, hire 20 people to cut the material and somebody else to sell it and be a business owner as an entrepreneur. And the same as you, if you're the photographer and you're running out and you're self-employed, and there's a stage where you turn around and say, I want to be something special. I want to take use of the opportunities that are presented to me. I think it's an entrepreneurial thinking. Yeah. That's, I love that, that mindset. So it's an entrepreneurial mindset mm. that goes along with whatever title you have. Um, and, and I also then adding to that is that perhaps it is about the bigger impact you have. So when you are developing, building and growing and innovating, it's no longer just about the product or the service that you're selling, exchanging for money, but it's about a bigger impact. How can you almost scale and impact people beyond that product or that service that you're offering. I like that. I like that a lot. It's, this, it's a different mindset. Mm. Uh, it's being able to go into any, any space or opportunity and saying, look, there's the gap. Mm. And, and being able yeah. to grab it. it also, there's, there's an element of creativity yes. in being an entrepreneur because very often you've got to see a business opportunity where nobody else yeah. has seen it. Yeah, and, and I find that constantly... Uh, in my own experience, is about how can I do things differently? I know that this is the traditional, how it's always been done in my industry, but what can I do? How can I think outside of the box and start to do the, what I've always done, but in a different way? So, yes, I, I agree. That's that's probably got a lot to do with... The and that's with the creativity that yeah, we discussed absolutely. last time and the, the imagination of being a yeah. businessman and sometimes the fun. Yes, oh, absolutely, and broadening you know, the scope of what you thought was possible for you and your business. It's also probably fairly risky. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I don't think, um, you know, anybody goes into this kind of game thinking that it's all going to be, you know, hunky-dory and easygoing. And I think that's a given that when you, when you kind of give yourself that title of entrepreneur, there's an element of, yes, I'm going into this, understanding that it might not, the outcome might not be what I had intended. And yet, I will persist in spite of that. One of the best photographs I've seen you produce that, that has stayed in my mind forever mm. was a few years ago, you took out a picture of your staff, of yes. your staffing compliment. And I'll, I'll never forget it because I'm not very visual. I glanced at the photograph and I was amazed to realize that you had 10 plus staff. Yes. <laughs> and, and then I stared closely at the pictures. And, and, and for those listeners... What Abigail had done, being a very clever photographer, she had taken the roles that her company needs, from T-girl to receptionist, from MD to marketing guru, and dressed herself up as different individuals, and then photographed the thing and then stitched it all together so that the yeah. office was full of versions of Abigail, and none of them looked like, you, like a comedian, <laughs> real actress. 
But for me, that is one of the elements about being an entrepreneur. Mm. You not only have to be a doer and a thinker and a creator, but you need to have all the skills. Mm. So I think for me, the skill behind being an entrepreneur is you see the opportunity, mm. but you then have a skill set to actually make it happen. And that's where I think the fun for me happens is that maybe it's where we can debate whether this is self-employed, is that I am also the secretary and the teagle and the security guard mm. and the marketer of my goods and the... Yeah. Or anything that needs to be happening. Yeah. And that for me is an entrepreneur. There's also an element in the word of risk. Mm. I think it's very easy to to sometimes take a job and do something that works all the time. But the, the fact that you're taking something that's never been done before mm. means that you need to have an appetite or, or the ability to cope with some amount of risk. Would that, yeah. would that resonate with you? Yeah, I tell you, what you were saying there, um, the word curi- curiosity mm. popped up into my mind because, yes, you have to have, you have to build on your base um, set of skills that you will never stop learning when you are an entrepreneur, when you are an entrepreneur. And so you have to have this curiosity about, um, you know, new parts of the business that you need to learn and you have to be willing to learn it and put in the work to learn it. And if I think back to my own journey, when I left university, I I had very few um, skill sets. And it wasn't until I started working for myself and I did have that curiosity to find out how to do something. If I came up to a point in my business that, okay, now I need a website. How do I get a website? A, I can either pay somebody. At that time, I didn't have the funds to pay somebody. So I learned how to build a website. And to this day, I still use those skills. Then I needed to market myself online. And social media, certainly in South Africa, was only just coming out as a thing to do and I was I was thinking well how do I market myself online I can either pay somebody which I didn't have the funds to do so I learned how to do it myself and I still use those skills today and so it's continually building on that skill set and and having being like a sponge Mm. and never having that thirst quenched you continually are striving for more skills and and more talents and more knowledge and it's an ongoing thing. And so if you're not committed to that level of upskilling and personal growth, I don't think you'd likely make it as an entrepreneur. That's my personal opinion. I think every article I ever read about being an entrepreneur is that it's much harder work than you think it yeah. is. <laughs> I think people that are entrepreneurs enjoy the work. Yeah. I think that's the key thing about it is we love what we do. Yeah. And the danger in that is that we tend to do too much of it. Mm. We are always... At work. Yes. I'd like to tell you a little story what the difference is between working in a corporate. Seems under 26 years of that. Yes. What's the difference between being a corporate employee and being self-employed and uh, possibly being a business owner or being an entrepreneur? I'm very thankful for my corporate upbringing because all the things that you had to learn, I was given as a gift. And that for me is probably the biggest gift of being an entrepreneur is while you're learning, somebody is paying for your teaching. Mm. And, and that was the greatest gift that I learned from being a corporate. It did teach me some discipline. A lot of it is just boring. Um, a lot of it is just repetition. There's far too much politics involved. Uh, and I think everybody who works in a corporate environment knows that. But I mentioned the other day that there's a forgiveness level in a corporate that you don't have as an entrepreneur. I remember working for large organizations where we would launch huge products that would cost a million rand in marketing or 10 million rand in marketing, another 10 million rand in development. And we'd launch it and it wouldn't work. And everyone would look at each other and say, well, that was good learning experience, 
And the next time we do this, we mustn't do that, we mustn't do that. Mm. Now, as an entrepreneur, there is no forgiveness yeah. for an error of that magnitude. So I'm glad I had the opportunity to practice some of my errors. On somebody else's bill. On somebody else's <laughs> salary. <laughs> yeah. uh, it, it does, it can be very stimulating, but I must say, having done all, probably all four of these now, mm. I think the excitement for me has been is to look at the world and walk down the street and see business opportunities everywhere mm. and see can I actually make it happen. So it's some, there's something about being a painter mm. and being an entrepreneur, and that's the part that I love. Do I love corporate environments? Would I go back to one? No, I don't think so. Mm. <laughs> I'd never go back. Am I grateful for it? I'm enormously grateful. One of the things about being a business person, and I think maybe we can move the subject slightly away from definition to hardcore skills. That photograph that you had, mm. the ability to be able to do multiple things mm. requires an enormous investment into yourself. So if I had to say you need to be an administrator, you need to be a leader, you need to be a visionary, you need to be a legal expert and you need to understand how to do leases. and There's so many things, how to treat people and how to do all these different things. As entrepreneurs, we have to learn this. We are as blessed in the corporate environment is very often either somebody else did the job for us or they paid for us to become the expert in one or more of those fields. So can you become an entrepreneur right off the, off the bat with none of those skills? Mm. And I, th it's, it's, I think it's an interesting question. So, so can a 19-year-old rush out there and start making slogan t-shirts and call himself an entrepreneur? I think you can because that, that is essentially has been my experience of it. I, I left university, no idea what I wanted to do. I landed up working the most boring, mundane admin jobs within an organization. And I very quickly realized that I was bored there. And yet without any um, clue or support or idea, I very naively went into working for myself. But I very quickly kind of fell into this pattern of this because of that curiosity and that energy and that drive, then realizing, okay, these are the kinds of skill sets that I need to start building on. And so I think there's a, there's a balance between naivety can work in your favor mm. when you go out on this journey, but then at the same time, you do have to realize the degree of commitment that it's going to require. And like I said, earlier that it is an, um, a never-ending commitment. It doesn't end. There is no finish line with this kind of journey. And for me, what has always kept me going, because it gets tough and it gets lonely and it gets, and you, you know, when you do make a mistake and you can blame nobody but yourself because you are the one making those decisions. And when you're really like, oh, this is where the safety and security of working for a corporate would really come in handy. I think what the key factor is that is going to carry you through always is your passion for what you're doing because then you're building resilience. Every day you wake up and you do something in the direction of your passion, then no matter what pitfalls come along the way, that passion is going to keep you going and every day that you keep going, you're building that resilience and that builds daily. That is a strength that you're working on daily. So yes, you might fumble along, but if you keep getting up, you get knocked down once, you get up twice. If you keep carrying on, that's how you're going to become a successful entrepreneur. It's the not giving up. It's the not giving in. It's the not taking a no. Sure. And you hear the passion coming through in your voice. I, I, as you're speaking here, 
I'm thinking to myself, I wonder if this episode should be called The Entrepreneurial Journey mm. or The Qualities Required mm. to Be an Entrepreneur. Because we've gone from you need to be enormously creative. Yeah. You need to be quite skilled in putting the things together. You need to be very, very hardworking. You need to have the ability to want to learn continuously. Mm. And the one that you've just mentioned, the last of my personal favorite, I don't think you can do all those things if you're not passionate about what you do. Yeah. So if you're a photographer, you need to love photography. It's got to be your thing. So we, we, what we're really doing is we're building a whole lot of skill sets and maybe saying that if you want to be an entrepreneur, you want the question to say, am I going to be a successful entrepreneur as well? Do you see business opportunity? Mm. Are you really hardworking? Do you love the idea? Are you prepared to learn and learn and learn and work day and night until you actually find it? Blame yourself. Mm. You maybe do a whole lot of things on your own and without the, the, the help and the assistance of other people. And maybe that's what an entrepreneur is. Yeah, absolutely. An entrepreneur is, is not maybe one thing. It's not just a creative business-seeking opportunity. Opportunity. Yeah. It's a person who is prepared to put a whole lot of different character traits together and become a certain kind of businessman that changes the world. Yeah, and, and it's a very personal journey. It's, it's about your own personal development, which then overflows into the development of your business. And then it goes even beyond that, beyond the, the, the product or the service that you're selling to make a living. Obviously, we all, we all start off on this entrepreneurial journey to make money because that is how we survive and that's how we create the life that we want. But then it gets to a point that you see the bigger impact Yes. Of you doing what you're doing and how that not only impacts your bank account, but impacts somebody else and it puts a smile on their face. Oh, like As an it. example, mm. before I actually came here this mm. morning, mm. I um, got a phone call from a little old lady. So the other day on Nelson Mandela Day, actually on mm. the 18th of July here in South Africa, uh, I went and I took some photos at um, the Helen Keller Society oh, for the for the old people You're that such are a good there. Person. Oh well, I try and do my bit, and that's the thing. Mm. That is the thing as well. You know, you want to give back, if and if and it doesn't have to all be monetary. It can be just in your time and your attention. Sure. And so that my, was my intention for that day was just to go mm. make sure that these people have some portraits of themselves, mm. and that's I knew I could do that, and I could do that well. And then this morning, I got a phone call from one of those ladies, and she just wanted to thank me for going out of my way to create a portrait of her and her husband, which she can now send to her family in the oh, UK. Wow. And mm. that for me, I can't tell you, I was nearly, you know, in tears <laughs> because I was like, that is so, that is, that is so much more than anybody could pay me. It feels so much better receiving that than any amount that somebody could pay me. Because I know that I've made a difference in that person's life. And if it is just that one person, then my existence here and the thing that I'm doing has meaning and it has purpose. And so therefore, yes, I know I'm on the right path. I know I'm doing the right thing. And I'm not going to let any bad days or any sure. lack of funds or any lack of knowledge stop me from pursuing this. You're in a very interesting space now. And the question for me is, does everyone understand that entrepreneurship is very much fairly selfish in, in its motivations. It's about money and, and doing something for yourself. We often hear the word social entrepreneurship, mm -hmm. and that's what you're speaking about, is where not only does my business feed me, but it does some good to the world. So I think that's an, an exciting differentiation. And I've always told you your photographs make a difference. So let's see. I can imagine some family in Scotland or whatever getting this picture of their mother and father, it really does make a difference, even though it is a business yeah. at the same time. 
I love the fact that you were speaking about passion. I want to go there for a few seconds. The question I want to say is that passion is one thing. Uh, will people pay you for it? Mm. Uh, I don't think people often realize. And maybe if I can give you a personal experience. Becoming a, a professional speaker sounds like a dream job. Uh, get paid large amounts of money, more than a cardiologist per hour, which I think is quite fascinating. And to go to large corporates where very clever people will sit and listen to you, what is the difference between me and another person? So every week I get three or four phone calls saying, would you teach me to become a professional speaker? And I give them the answers. I give them the magic key to the kingdom and they don't listen to it. And here's the magic key to the kingdom. You need to speak about something that somebody else is prepared to pay for. Mm. That's the secret. Mm. So everyone comes along and says, I'm a very funny guy. I'm really, really amusing. Well, I've got an amazing experience when I was nine years old. And I saw UFOs and whatever. The reality is, is that a CEO is not going to haul out 10, 15, 20,000 rand and pay you for that story until the story has relevance for him. Mm. And I think all passions that get converted into businesses need to recognize that somewhere along the line, somebody needs to pay for it. If you like playing with dogs, mm. that's cool. But you need to find a way that, that um, your imagination can turn that to an income-earning opportunity. Mm. Now, what do you think about that? Anyway? Yeah, what, what comes to mind there, so I have a, a current passion, which I'm really happy about, mm. is um, going trail running in the forest mm. with my mm. husband. Mm. And we make a point of doing it at least mm. two or three mm. times a week. And we are passionate about it. Mm. But who is ever going to pay us to go running in the forest, sure. you know? And I think it's Zig Ziglar's quote that comes to mind is that if you give more people, if you help more people get what they want, you will get what you want. Yes. And so it's about reframing your passion mm. in a way that serves others. Mm. And if, if your passion, if you can't find that way that your passion can help or serve others, then it's just a hobby. Mm. Then you keep it to yourself and and that's it. Enjoy like it that. for the pleasure of it. A passion with no money is a hobby. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Hashtag. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and so if, if it can't help or serve somebody else, then just keep it for yourself for your own pleasure and enjoyment of it. And otherwise, if, you, if you're determined mm. to find how can you be paid to do what you love, is find how it serves others. Now, as you know, I'm also a very keen trail runner. So, so, <laughs> so I'm very quickly going to just go through what the entrepreneurial thought process would be. I love trail running, yeah, but I need to make money out of it. Yeah. So I can do a couple of things. So I'm just going to shoot things off the top of my head. And this is what an entrepreneur does. What happens if I would became a guide mm. to take people on trail mm. runs? So Cape Town is full of tourists, mm. very fit Germans who want to run up and down the mountains, don't know where, where the things are to, and maybe I am that person. People have heard about security. I mean, maybe it's better to run in a group. So maybe somebody's prepared to pay 50 rand or 100 rand or 200 rand. Maybe I'm the person who designs the trail runs and puts it into a book. Mm. Maybe I'm the person who turns it into a blog or a vlog. Oh, absolutely. And I look for advertising. So there are mechanisms yeah. whereby even your passion can turn into an income. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I've seen people go out and take uh, photographers that are not as good as you are, but specialize in something. They take lots of pictures mm. of goldfish. Mm. And suddenly the goldfish becomes a calendar and the calendar yeah. becomes a source of income. Yeah. So for me, as, as an entrepreneur, you've got to continuously look at something and say, and so you need two things. You need, you need the passion, but you also need a, a foot on the ground in the world to say, 
is this a really good idea? Mm. What I often see with entrepreneurs who often come in and, and ask for some guidance is the lack of understanding of what the market actually wants. Yes. Yeah. I suddenly have decided that the world needs home-delivered sushi and the question is that possibly that is a desire that the world wants. But do people want sushi from a private individual? Are we serving fish in a hot climate? Mm. Um, and are they prepared to pay the additional money that I'm going to deliver? So the opportunities have to be weighed up against mm. what the market actually wants. Mm. And the market for me is really the decider whether your entrepreneurial skills mm. are wanted or not. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And then there's this whole other aspect of entrepreneurship mm. that I stumbled upon and that was the honing of your craft. So the thing that you do, so you're a speaker mm -hmm. and obviously you've put in hours and hours and hours of becoming proficient at delivering a talk in a way that is engaging and inspirational. Then there's a whole other side of it in terms of turning that into the business where now you are the expert. Now, how do you get people to buy from you, Ooh, I love that you know. So for me, there was a very distinct um, moment in my journey of realizing I love photography. I'm going to be a photographer. I'm going to study. I'm going to work. I'm going to build my portfolio. Right. Once I've got that to a certain level that I'm comfortable and confident with, how am I now going to get people to buy that from me? And so then I have to put in the work and the effort to then build and hone my knowledge and my skills in running that business, marketing that business. Yeah. Yeah and um, making it profitable. I often help businesses. And one of the things that I, I very often help the entrepreneurs do is to get the discipline of big business. The discipline of big business means you've got to do the boring things like do business plans. Really, it's, it's, it's difficult for me to, to, to emphasize how important it is. I don't care how talented you think you are. The reality is that when somebody wants to build a house, Somebody sketches it out in pencil at least mm. to see what the house looks like. We don't just walk up to a piece of ground and start pouring concrete. So the entire discipline of doing a business plan and some of the mechanics of setting a business for me are critical. Mm. Where I'm going to is that you can possibly bypass that at your, at your peril. Bypass it. But there's one thing that you cannot bypass and that is the marketing plan or the marketing strategy. So very often when I go to businesses now and I say to them, the first thing I want you to do is do a business plan and they look at me and they go, oh, I don't want to do that. Then the very least, you need to take that one section out of the business plan and I've actually removed it in most of my cases, actually taken it right out of the business plan and say, let's look at something completely separate and that is the marketing of your business because I don't care how good your business is or how amazing you are. If no one buys your products, there is no entrepreneurial mm. skill. But I suspect that that might be an entire another topic. I do believe so. <laughs> yes. Just um, to wrap up here, um, and you're talking about plans, and you also alluded to um, it earlier in the conversation, is that I think a, a lot of the entrepreneurial journey, and, and you know, if you're deciding to become an entrepreneur, is there's this whole other aspect that you need to consider, and that is the impact that this journey will have on your life as a whole. And so it is about planning for the lifestyle that you want, because as an entrepreneur, you said it earlier, we become consumed, we become absolutely obsessed with what we have to do, and we love it, and we're passionate about it, and that's great, but there comes a point that you do need to have a life outside of your business. You do need to have 
other aspects and other interests and you've got your family and the people who love you and you, you know all of those other parts of life and you need to plan that part of your life as well so that it works hand in hand with your business with your your entrepreneurial journey so it can't be all consuming and so realizing from the get go what is the lifestyle that I want to live and how does my business journey fit into that and I think that's very important I think you're touching on probably the key essence but whether your life will be successful in its entirety. And for those of you that haven't listened to maybe our podcast on purpose is one that you need to go back to. And the other one that I particularly think addresses this is the whole question of time management. And for those of you that forgot or haven't listened to the episode, really time management is there to enable us to lead a balanced life. This is the first uh, episode that we've had under business skills. Uh, While I'm trail running, I might be downloading some of these and running up and down the mountains. And some of the future subjects that we're going to be talking about are things like uh, what makes you successful? Um, The things that you don't learn at business school, uh, the thinking behind the business plan. It's not about just getting a template out. It's how does the business plan work? The marketing plan, as I just discussed with you, uh, branding, digital marketing, networking, communication, finance, some really, really exciting topics coming up, mm. Abigail. Oh, it, it, it fills me with so much enthusiasm. I can feel <laughs> it's effervescent because this is what we live, eat, and breathe every single day. And so it's some, great to dig and deeper. some amazing guests. Again. Yes, can't so, wait. Can't so wait. So, Abigail, thank you again. Thank you, Andre. Into the breach we yes. go. <laughs> Here we go. Thank you for joining us this week. If you would like to listen to past episodes of the podcast, please visit www powerfulbeyondmeasure.co.za and don't forget to subscribe so that you don't miss out. We would love your comments and questions and if there are any subjects that you would like us to discuss, please let us know. I am Andre Detoy and I am the Big Point. And I am Abigail Kay, the Confidence Crusader. Never forget that you are powerful beyond measure.